Let us pray. Ever-living God, source of all wisdom and understanding, be present with us who take counsel at all souls for the renewal and mission of your church. Teach us in all things to seek first your honor and glory. Guide us to perceive what is true and grant us both the courage to pursue it and the hope to believe it. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I want to begin with some thank yous. I want to begin thanking um, some vestry members who are outgoing. And if you would please, um, Jason Chambers, please stand. Jill Goldie is out of town on business. Mike Heilig and Alex McPherson. Alex, I know you're here. These folks are rotating off. And vestry folks give tons and heart and soul And one of the things that you hear us say is that these are your listeners. Uh, Yes, they are the people who make sure the place runs, but they're the ones who are listening to you and to the Spirit and asking, what is it that we as a faith community need to be about? Who are we? What does it mean? And for a period of three years, these folks have gathered together, and they really have been a soul group, taking business, but as we say in the orientations to them when they come on new, The stuff you are doing, the content is vital and essential, and in God's eyes, it's simply grist for your knowing God differently over these next three years. Being on the vestry is simply God's way of calling you to deeper transformation and conversion. It's about your and our spiritual journey. And these folks have given themselves to that on your behalf and all our behalf. And so if you would offer your thanksgiving for these who are rotating off. And we will be having um, elections for new members in a moment. I also want to give thanks to Alex McPherson and Kathy Rauch, who have been your wardens this past year. And there is probably all kinds of great liturgical language about what wardens do. You've heard me over the years say, they keep me sane. You know, they're the ones who, who I get to talk with, who the vestry gets to talk with, who we get to run ideas by and say, what are you hearing here? What are you seeing here? And these folks give... Again, just heart and soul and time and thought and prayer and reflection. And also, while Alex is rotating off, you may remember that one of the things we started at least a dozen years ago was asking the outgoing senior warden to stay on for one more year with the executive committee, which is the treasurer, the clerk, myself, um, assistant priest, to, who set the kind of the agenda between meetings. And we call that the wisdom chair because now they're kind of, they're outside the group, but they're spinning the rotation, and they're there as one more head to help us think through things, pray through things, and so Alex will continue in that role. But would you give Alex and Kathy a huge thank you? You have seen in the annual report that came out this week the four nominees who are presented on the slate, and I will mention their name and then a reminder that according to our bylaws, we can also take nominations from the floor. And so let me ask these four to stand as I offer their names and then um, continue. Cheryl Glenn, Tim Fisher, Tim, Abby Moore, Charles Van Harkness, and bios of these folks were in the annual meeting report and there are some printed ones in the back if you missed that. 
Let me ask if there are any nominations from the floor, and people have to have given you approval to do that if you do that. <laughs> Hearing none, I move, well, um, I guess a member has to move. Where's my clerk? Um, close the nominations. Thank you. A member of the congregation has asked for closing the nominations. Let me ask you to approve the four who are standing before you by a voice vote. Aye. Amen. Thank you, Fourth. Would you give them your thanks? One thing vestry members get used to and like is that I like to call on their ancestors, their vestry ancestors, and one of whom is Eleanor Ponder. And if you don't know who Eleanor Ponder is, ask some of us old geezers around here about Eleanor Ponder. Um, but one of the things she used to say is, when you serve on something like the vestry, you are different afterwards. We're not going to say how because it's so multifaceted, but you are not going to be the same person, as we've said before. So to these four who have offered themselves and who will hear Jesus' words of, you know not, where, know not where I am calling you, but thank you for joining. So, thanksgiving. I also want to thank a couple of other folks. First, Jack Parsons, who you'll be hearing from, who serves as our treasurer. Um, I think he's been here since before Moses and Jesus. Um, you will get to hear from Jack and also Carolyn Payton, who serves as our clerk and who is the one who says, could you give me a verb in that motion, please? <laughs> Keeps us on track when we're going things. So Jack and Carolyn, would you please stand up and let us offer up thanks to you. I also want to thank all of you because we can have vestries, we can have staff, we can have all kinds of things, but without the members of the community taking on the kind of vows that you do in baptism, choosing to live the way you do. There is no life here. There is no all souls. And so from my soul and from everybody, huge thanks for the way that you all choose to live. We will say more about that as well. But um, you're, you're what makes this community continue and what makes us be able to quote the Eleanor Ponders and all of those in the world because you are the generation who's here now choosing to believe and to hope. So thank you for that. At this time, we will begin our reports, and Amanda Maxwell will be our first report. She is reporting on Room in the Inn, and so Amanda, if you would please come forward. Hello. I'm actually standing here on behalf of Pat and Malcolm Douglas. They are our, our program coordinators, and they were unable to be here today. But, and I'm a little nervous, so I apologize. Um, the I'm here to tell you a little bit about what your time and money helps to support when we work with the A Hope Day Center and Room in the Inn. And I frame this as a series of questions. Um, so first, what, what, do, what do we give? We give, some, we give a lot of time, and the church, some of your uh, weekly donations also go to to support the A Hope Day Center. So what is this, the A Hope Day Center? It's a house downtown, and it provides basic services like, um, basic services to people who don't have housing in our community. Those services are things like showers, uh, storage of uh, locked containers so they can keep their extra stuff safe, mail, access to phones, hot coffee. The agency also helps people to get access to different services. They help people fill out housing applications. They get them connected with mental health services and substance abuse treatment. 
They also help them get access to medical care, disability applications. They help them apply for food assistance and find employment. The, their main goal is to help people get into permanent housing. And they provide long-term support for this. So rather than just giving someone access to housing, filling out an application and saying, you know, good luck, they actually support the people for a year or more after they have established in permanent housing. And they do this financially. They do it with case managers. Um, they also, uh, if those case managers will continue to support the individual at a level that's appropriate and needed for that person. So it may be six months, it may be a year, it may be more, but with the goal of keeping someone in permanent housing. So we help support them financially, but one portion of what they do is to house 12 women for a week at a time in a program called Room in the Inn. So our church actually changes the parish hall next door into their home for a week at a time, and that occurs four times a year. We, again, shelter 12 women in the parish hall with beds. There's dividers. They keep their stuff there. We, um, we help to, to do this in, with the support of the Church of Latter-day Saints, and we are just two of the faith communities um, out of over 60 in our community that help provide this year-round for these women. And so what do we actually do over there? We set up beds. We um, transport the women to and from AHOPE every day. The women are provided a nutritious dinner when they, when they arrive. They are provided a packed lunch to take with them the next day, a light breakfast as well. We have volunteers that make all those foods for them. We have volunteers that greet them when they come in and have dinner with them. Uh, we have volunteers that spend the night, volunteers that set up the parish hall and break it down again, wash linens. And we also have volunteers that come in and um, provide the women with other activities, chair massages, haircuts, things like that, just to, to make their time even more enjoyable. Um, really what we do is we provide a home for these women for a week at a time. This happens usually the months of February, May, August, and November. Um, you often will see us standing outside of church leading up to those those week-long sessions um, requesting volunteers. And we have anywhere from 50 to 60 or more people help make this happen every time. So why do we do it? Is it effective? Does it work? The, the reason that I'm involved is because of how effective the program is. 89% of, of almost 2,000 people that have gone through this pro program have been placed in permanent housing and are still in permanent housing, so 89%. So it's really um, an effective program, and I just want to thank you all for your, your time and your money to help support this. Thank you. I would like to ask Jack Parsons, our treasurer, to come forward, please. So a lot of anticipation for this report again this year. <laughs> Uh, will it be will it be funny? 
Will it be full of terrible jokes? Will there be foot jokes or foot washing jokes? That would foreshadow the next liturgical season. Um, Yes, some of you, and you know who you are, have come to expect the treasurer's report to be heavy on entertainment. And the rumors are that by itself, that has increased attendance this morning. (laughs) I am the very model of a modern church treasurer. (laughs) I work to balance books with lots of dollars we can measure. Of pledges, we are off to say we're ready to thank all of you. So naturally, it's time to invite others of you to renew. Uh, so, so if you're a, a, not a regular pledger, uh, or just haven't gotten around to it in the past, then I'm looking at you. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, think of the opportunity that that is for today. I am the very model of a modern church treasurer. I work to balance books with lots of dollars we can measure. With roof and sidewalks finished, wow, and koinonia starting now, it's grand to celebrate a place. Cathedralette is our space. In short, for all souls, money and budgets for your pleasure, sir, I am the very model of a modern church treasurer. In in the financial report uh, part of my time, uh, there's really some good news about the year just ended. We had a 2017 budget of 895,000 that was a balanced one. We continue the programs of the cathedral from the prior year, but it had to be balanced by a plan uh, to use about $32,000 in one-time gifts, one-time resources. It's about 3.5%. So we did our part to keep expenses under control and live within that budget. And for the year ending, we had pledges in the amount of $646,000, coming in from 280 pledging units, and families, and individuals. And we collected 628,000 of that, 97.2%. And in the end, we did not have to use that one-time resource, those reserves, and find ourselves able to save those funds for a rainy day in the future. So our 2017 books are now closed, and we, as we do every year, we either uh, do a, a full audit or a review, And we will be engaging an accounting firm to examine that for this year. It'll be a full audit. Dixon Hughes Goodman CPA firm conducted a review of the 2016 records and reported back to our finance committee in Vestry last March. They had no adjustments to make to the books, no compliance findings, and they observed that the records were in in pretty good shape. There is mixed news for 2018. We have finished our work on the budget, but need to report to you that the pledges have come in just a little under the goal that we set. Our plate collections on Sundays, along with other unrestricted gifts or non-pledge gifts, were up 
in 2017, and we're cautiously expecting that to continue. We also expect to have more fees for use of the facility for weddings and other, um, uh, other activities. And finally, if we find that that rainy day needs to, um, uh, to come again, we do have a little bit uh, in reserve that could help us uh, out of some trouble. There are some increases to some specific items in the budget. This will be a shock to you. Health insurance is up. So uh, health insurance costs for staff uh, for the Episcopal Health Plan is up about 7%. And we were able to give uh, raises to all staff of 2%. Some of you will remember that it's been the vestry's conclusion for the last year or two that we might not be able to keep sustaining operations at the level we have been. And this is because one-time gifts and one-time gifts are neither a reliable nor really a wise long-term source for yearly operations. But some of the pressure is off for the moment. With Thomas's call to a new church, We've been able to adjust our staffing. It's an encouraging sign for all of 2018. And of course, all of you who haven't yet pledged are going to pitch in, so. I want to report how appreciative we are of the work of Sue Gervais in the office, who is our office financial assistant. Her work is accurate, confidential, incredibly consistent. We're very blessed to have her. And a big thank you to the Finance Committee uh, who served uh, this past year, Lori Barnwell, Amy Congdon, Sandy Cummings, Jeff Cones, Mike Krasanek, Mac McCormick, and Vestry Liaison Billy Stommer. Their job is to review the monthly financial statements, provide direction on financial policy, and watch over the work of the treasurer and the office financial functions. When we, when we talk about financial affairs uh, as a family, which is really what all of this is about, it inevitably touches on our values, and it's an important part of our, of our life together. It really is rich with many, many blessings, including, as Gilbert and Sullivan said it, uh, I am the very model of a modern church treasurer I work to balance books with lots of dollars we can measure. And as for Anglican music style, we couldn't do without our Kyle. <laughs> and finally, to be not silly, lots of thanks to Todd and Millie. In short, for all souls' money and budgets for your pleasure, sir. I am the very model of a modern church treasurer. I'm glad I'm not Alex McPherson who gets to come up next. <laughs> Thank you that there are a few others. And, and as Alex is coming forward to give the senior warden report, we say in our mission statement where trust is present. And Jack and Sue Gervais and the Finance Committee and Vestry, I mean, trust starts right there. Do you have confidence that we are stewards of the things with which you entrust us, your time, your soul, your finances? And for all the people like Jack, Sue, Finance Committee, who work to make sure you can trust, huge, huge thanks. That's where it's got to start, so thank you. And Alex, I tried to do whatever I can. I'm not a very good warm-up act, but Alex McPherson, please.
Well, good morning. My speech is already written, so there's no way I can uh, follow Jack's there. Uh, but thank you in advance for listening. Good morning. My name is Alex McPherson, and I have had the honor of serving on your vestry for the last three years, and this past year as your senior warden. Much of what your vestry is focused on this year, together with other ministries and committees, is reported in our annual parish review, which, if you haven't had the opportunity to read already, I would encourage you to find a quiet hour, make a cup of tea, put your feet up and reflect on all that we've achieved this year, and be encouraged to continue to do the good work that we are called to do. You'll find that I've already written a lot in the report. Samuel gave me 600 words. I think I went way over that. <laughs> um, written about what we've achieved and about the people I've had the privilege of working with. So I want to take this opportunity this morning to add some more thank yous and some more reflections on my time as senior warden on your vestry. To add to my list of thank yous, I wish to add all the vestry members who've gone before, and particularly those wardens with whom I've worked during the last three years, first as a rookie vestry member, and then as junior and senior warden, David Jordan, Karen Stover, and Kathy Rausch. I couldn't have done it without your guidance, patience, understanding, and leadership. Thank you. My reflections brought to mind the Apostle Paul, who reminded us that we are one body, a body with many parts and many gifts, and that it is the diversity and unity of those gifts which makes us one body in Christ. Vestry, clergy, staff, and all of you who serve God in ways that are too numerous to mention, you make us that one body as we work together towards our mission as Christians. While serving on the vestry, I've had the opportunity to learn the intricacies of the workings of all souls and personally experience the strength of that one body of many parts. And as I further reflected, that business buzzword, synergy, came to mind. We've all heard that term, synergy, and have a textbook understanding of what it means, that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts but I wonder how many of us have actually experienced true synergy. We know that the best way to work together is with clear communication, mutual trust, accountability, and a focused mission. But we all know that is so much easier said than done. However, the vestry at All Souls is as close to true synergy as I have ever experienced. And I believe this All Souls synergy is God's grace and the Holy Spirit at work. At our monthly vestry meetings, we bring together those different parts of the one body with a diverse group of folks, diverse in age, experience, backgrounds, who, under Father Todd's excellent leadership and guiding hand, offer a safe place to express thoughts and opinions and put aside personal agendas and prayerfully reflect to seek and make decisions on what's best for the congregation as a whole. We're not perfect. We make mistakes and we take risks, but we grow and we learn from them. 
This is how the world should be run, right? We live in troubled and diverse, diversive times. And I'm often discouraged and despondent. My husband Terry suggests I stop watching the news. But it is the BBC, so we're okay there. <laughs> Hopefully they give a balanced opinion. But serving on the vestry and being a part of this community of all souls helps restore my faith in the world. I am blessed. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, all souls synergy, however we name it, we have done so much more than I have been able to highlight in my report. And we will always have more to do. But I believe we are growing and living out God's message of hope and love in everything we do. To all the different parts of one body, to all at all souls who serve God in ways that are too numerous to mention, thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you, Alex. As Jack Parsons sang, we finished things like roofs a couple of years ago and realized it was time to take some of that energy of the last decade of buildings and put it into some new, updated, current times spirit of listening and thinking about how is it that we are engaged with the community about us? Who is the community about us? And Sandra Bird is coming as one of the co-chairs of the Koinonia Committee to talk about some of that work that we've been doing. And Sandra, if you would please come forward. Good morning. So Jack Parsons wasn't willing to sing this report, so you'll have to bear with the spoken word here. As a congregation, we have spent six months learning about our greater community. We have talked with Western North Carolina leaders to get their input. We have met on Sunday mornings and heard from community nonprofit service providers, educators, and law enforcement officers. We have met in over 20 ministry groups and discussed our impressions. We have met in prayerful processing groups and talked among ourselves. Clearly, we as a people of God have challenges and opportunities before us. I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the Koinonia Steering Committee that has generously shared their gifts of time, wisdom, generous listening, and facilitation. Uh, many of them are here today. I'm going to ask those who are to please stand. Uh, Carla DeMitt Shell serves as our researcher and the leader of the research process that is driving Koinonia. Jason Chambers serves as the liaison with the staff in Vestry and the ministries. Nancy Ackerman Cole continues to guide our analysis. And our remarkable committee members include Bill Bryant, Ellen Clark, Hope Claytor, Becky Donatelli, Lucas Heilig, Fran Hensley, David Jordan, Brian Lawler, the Reverend Glenda McDowell, Amelia Pitts, Wade Saunders, and David Thompson. Thank you so much. It is with enormous gratitude that so many are listening to other people's stories and allowing our beliefs and understandings to run into those of others. As we continue to discern what pilgrimage God is inviting us as a faith community, 
Additional speakers and forums will continue into Epiphany and Lent. Please join us as we learn about the inner and outer life of engagement, the work of the North Carolina Justice Center, and explore with the Design Center how we literally, tangibly, and functionally construct community. Information about all these programs are online. You'll see them in the connection, and they'll be shared through emails from our dean. Following this annual meeting, the Koinonia Steering Committee will examine common threads that we have found in our community interviews and ministry discussions. If you have not had a chance to answer the two questions that were the focus of our ministry discussions, there are copies in the back of the church. Please take these and answer them. Carla, Jason, and I will be in the back of the church once the service is over, and we'll be happy to take these from you today. Looking forward, I'd like to highlight two parts of our Koinonia journey in Epiphany, Lent, and into Easter. These will complement our Sunday speakers and forums, and these are about research and a ministry question that will be posed for all of us. First, research. Research is going to continue as we gather additional data from three sources. One is conversations with individuals who are supported by Kairos West and the Church of the Advocate. This is being facilitated by two sociology master's students from Western Carolina University. And these began January 15th and will continue through January 28th. Next, United Way 211 database provides an overview of services requested in Buncombe County, and we are mining that data. And third, ministry meetings that will be held between February 21st and March 19th that focus on one two-part question. And now I'd like to tell you a little bit more about that question. Given what you have learned through the process, all of our All Souls family will be invited to answer this two-part question. By February 20th, the Koinonia Steering Committee will identify top themes that have been discerned through our analysis of community interviews, ministry discussions, conversations at Kairos West and Church of the Advocate, and 211 data. In ministry meetings that will be scheduled throughout Lent, we name the top themes, and we will ask you to answer the following question. Which of the following top themes identified through our research and discernment is the best fit for our mission at All Souls and why? And the second part of the question, which of our top themes are the best fit for our capacity as a congregation and why? For parishioners who were not participants in ministry groups, the steering committee will schedule a time to discuss this question with you. We will also offer an online opportunity to answer this two-part question. Every voice in our All Souls family matters. During March and into the Easter season, we will continue to discern a signature effort that is informed by the entire parish through this process of listening and learning. 
Communication will be ongoing from the pulpit in the connection and online as we continue our Koinonia journey. We give thanks for the wisdom and gifts of the members of this parish as we continue to understand how we can be more deeply in relationship with our wider community and to ascertain what special role all souls will find that's consistent with our mission, values, and capacity. Thank you. In the Episcopal Church Anglican Catechism, which is in the back of the prayer book, one of the questions that you no doubt have heard over time is, what is a sacrament? And the line is one that folks learn quickly. It's an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. And these reports you've heard verbally, the reports that you have in the annual report, all of those are the outward and visible of your heart and soul, of our heart and soul, of the sacred sacramental reality of God's taking us, shaping us, forming us, calling us. And so for those outward and visible things that point to the transformation that you all engage in regularly, again, huge, huge thanks. Thank you for the way you choose to live.